Hello everybody and welcome to Folk Connection, episode 3, Smell You Later. How are you doing, Letty? I'm very well, thank you, Charlie. And how are you? I'm very nice. It's a kind of 9 o'clock on a bank holiday Monday. I've got some low lighting in the uh, the old studio. Call it a studio, it's just a bedroom. Don't tell anyone. I also have low lighting. I've only got one lamp left in my flat and I've just had my chocolate cake and my red wine. Well, I'm still on the red wine. So it's definitely, yeah, it's late night vibes on Folk Connection. I think we should talk to the listeners about the break we've taken from casting the pod. Uh, It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I think we should be really frank. Um, Listeners, this isn't a weekly podcast. Every week we say... Had this week we're talking about this and we say see you next week <laughs> listeners we, we we love you but it's not a weekly podcast it, i don't know where you got this impression from a few times maybe we've said the word week but it's not a, it's not even a month, monthly podcast <laughs> it's a when we feel like it podcast and we decided to take a summer break i don't think we actually decided it but it's just been ages hasn't it since i just feel like it's been a long time is that right i don't even know if it has been a while it just feels like it has been quite some time it does, but it always feels like a long time when we're not talking, Letty. Oh, that's very sweet. I actually did. I actually did miss the podcast quite a lot. <laughs> I've been itching to record it just so I can have a chat with you. That's really sad, <laughs> isn't it? Well, yeah, we can't talk in real life. It has to be no, recorded and put on the internet. It's the only way. I like to imagine that if we ever like lived had a flat share like in the future at some point that we would sit in separate rooms and record the podcast <laughs> as our only method of communication. <laughs> So today's theme, Charlie, is Smell You Later. Can you spot the reference? I can. This week I chose a song about leaving old friends. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's going to be quite a sad episode of the podcast this week. It is, which is why I chose a fun title, Smell You Later, to contrast with the quite sad theme of goodbyes. That's what the podcast is about today. All about bye-byes. It's always good to explain the joke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It could be like that if you want, Charlie. That's fine. We could, it could be like that kind of an episode if you want. I was prepared for sort of mellow vibes. For a bit confrontational. A bit like a Joe Rogan or something. I've never listened to that. That's bullshit. I don't know. It's just is it people yelling at each other. I don't know. About the is, is the earth flat? I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Joni Mitchell doesn't like Joe Rogan, so obviously I've never listened to it. Is that is it Joe Rogan that Joni Mitchell doesn't like? Yeah, it is. Yeah, she bought her music off Spotify, um, which is really annoying, uh, actually, because when it gets to Christmas, my sad girl Christmas playlist is going to be... Missing one key song. It's the, it's, the whole thing is centred around River. Well, it, that was the key song. That's why I made the playlist, so I could put River on a playlist, because it doesn't fit on any other playlist. What's Emma Thompson going to cry to now? is about goodbyes is they don't always have to be sad charlie and i think that should be remembered and i think goodbyes can be you know there can be joy in a goodbye a sort of roaring farewell rather than a sad bye bye you know my favorite bye is i hate to watch you go but i love to watch you leave i don't understand what i don't get it explain the joke for me come on if you never heard that no what? It's just you, you like you like the look of their bum. That's the joke. Oh, it's a, bit, it's a little bit of casual sexual harassment. Oh, it's awful. I'm glad 
frankly, that I have never heard of that. <laughs> I hate to I hate to see you go, but I like to watch you leave. Yeah, That's I can't it. believe you've never heard that. It's a classic. It's quite good. I'm gonna start using it. Um, in <laughs> obviously in very limited situations when it would be appropriate. Don't let the door hit you where the Lord split you. I don't know why. I went on Urban Dictionary to look up slang for goodbye when clearly you could have surprised me pretty easily with an episode title, Charlie. I didn't realise it was such a such a specialty of yours. I've been fired from seven workplaces for a reason. <laughs> I um, My grandparents used to say, there's a quote from Macbeth, which is, um, do not stand upon the order of your going, but go. Do you know that one? Oh, I like that. That's good. It's very cutting. It's like basically saying, oh, could you just fuck off now, please? (laughs) I do hate an extended goodbye. I've got to be honest. My mum's the best at this. If you, when you, when she's done with you on a phone call, she goes, okay, bye. And then hangs up. There's no, (laughs) you know, she's done. Well, she just like, you don't know the conversation's ended. She just says, okay, bye. And then that's the end of it. Yeah, sort of. It's it's you think you things will be slightly wrapping up, and you'll you'll be prepping for a goodbye, but then it will come when you when you least expect it. <laughs> I really rate that. She'll she'll bring up a new topic, and you'll talk about that, and you'll think, oh, we're getting back into it, and then then she'll hit you with the goodbye, just to keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> Treating me and keep them keen. My um my dad's side of the family is the absolute opposite of that. They just cannot say goodbye. It goes on and on and on. It's the very much opposite of a, a Irish goodbye. You know what an Irish goodbye is? I've seen the short film and I didn't even, I didn't I don't remember what it was. It's a short film. Yeah, won an Oscar. Did it? Oh god, I'm not very cultured, am I? Um, well, Irish goodbye is when you don't say goodbye. Basically, an Irish goodbye is like just leaving a party and without saying goodbye, which I think is the coolest way to say goodbye it's also known as a french exit so it's when you basically that's just don't very say cool, isn't it? yeah it is it is cool that's my favorite kind of goodbye i'm too good for you i don't think it's like that i think it's like you know it's like just let the party continue you know like don't interrupt it with a goodbye oh i see so it's like not self-centered it's the opposite yeah it's kind of like just slipping away and like you know letting the revelry continue because i feel like once people start saying goodbye your party starts to like dwindle down i quite like that feeling at a party or gathering or whatever when you look around the room and you realize there's only like five people left and you've sort of got down to the hardcore but no one even yeah like you didn't notice half the people going that's quite nice that's isn't true it? yeah so let's go on to your first song chart what your only song only brought us one this week what is your song where did you first hear it so this i've got a good story for this one actually oh bloody hell strap in my singing teacher what is a guy called james oh, you have a singing teacher yeah i know you may be you may be shocked to find out i have a singing teacher oh, hey no i don't mean it like that <laughs> but i actually didn't know you had a singing teacher i did a short course at Cecil sharp house the monday folk singers that's a double name drop you've just done james fagan and Cecil sharp sorry <laughs> well he's dead so i'll let you get it out i'll let you get it out okay um yeah they have a guest singing teacher and uh when i signed up it was james fagan who is a very very good folk singer and folk musician who plays with uh nancy nancy fagan i think she's called are they related that would would check in the names that were they married (laughs) oh i see (laughs) 
Like the White Stripes. <laughs> no, weren't they brother and sister? The White Stripes weren't brother and sister, but they did like a weird like promo thing where they pretended to be brother and sister, but they were actually in a relationship. Ugh, gross. It's quite weird. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so James, Jamie Boy. Jamie, Jamie Fagan, fantastic yeah. folk musician. Jamie, fantastic folk musician Fagan, sorry. As they call him. He taught several songs to us um, and he chose them based on some of his kind of repertoire and his favourites. And he's Australian and he chose the outside track, which is, I say, I don't actually know the history all that well, but I do know it's based on an Australian poem. But I think the first version of the song was by an English folk musician. But this is where Letty comes in. Yeah, I mean, you're kind kind of treading on my toes a bit there, Charlie. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Fine. <laughs> so you say us. Is was it a group singing lesson? Oh yes, Letty. So it's a it's a Zoom singing lesson <laughs> because the folk singers Monday folk singers used to be in person. It's actually a little bit sad. It's not funny. Don't laugh. But because of COVID, you know, it, it's an older crowd and they don't want to go out and sing anymore. I think it's kind of it's hit them hard. Um, so it's moved to Zoom. Firstly, I am shocked to hear that the group Cecil Sharp folk singing session is mostly an older crowd. I mean, who would have, who would have thought that? <laughs> Does he give you individual feedback? He encouraged us to all sing songs and then it kind of critiqued it a little bit and told us where we could improve. Oh, that actually sounds really cool. Did you have to pay for that? Yeah. This is not an advert, by the way. We're not being sponsored by Cecil Sharp House. No, and if anything, I think Cecil Sharp House would probably disapprove of what we're doing. <laughs> Um, it was very i will say it was very cheap so that is how you found out about the song yeah it was it was the favorite uh of mine that he taught uh it's a, a fantastic song i really love it's kind of roaring kind of joyful song but also quite intensely sad see i'm i'm sort of glad to hear that you heard this from some kind of really you know deep into it folk musician person because i was getting quite upset about the the sort of nicheness of the tracks you keep picking and how embarrassing it is for me that like I keep having to do these really well-known songs and you're doing these like indie gems of folk <laughs> music it's like did you need to be more niche already than folk music but somehow you've done it the trad world needs its tastemakers Letty and that's me <laughs> the b-sides and the deep cuts <laughs> I actually love this song I think this is an absolutely beautiful song um, so we should probably talk a little bit about the story. Whose perspective is the song from? Yeah, so the narrator of the song is a sailor and it's the story of a kind of tight-knit crew of uh, mates and friends who can always rely on each other and one of them leaves at the beginning of the song. Do we, why do you think it's a sailor? I don't actually agree with that. I don't think it is about a sailor. What is this what James told you? I mean, James about to go tete-a-tete. He says, our mate's time's out of mind. He talks about the port lights. It was all just quite nautical to me, but I might be totally wrong. Um, so the idea of this song is it's about, um, it's from the perspective of a man whose friend is sailing away from him on a ship. So there is sailing involved and there are nautical terms. But um, it's about someone who is taking the boats from Australia back to England basically so it's about someone leaving the continent of Australia on a boat 
but leaving their friends behind on land. So mm-hmm. neither of them are sailors. He's just taking a passage back to England. I see. And what you see in the story is that pers- the perspective of the person who is basically being abandoned by all their friends um, who are leaving Australia and going uh, going abroad. And it's, a re- it's basically very autobiographical from the person who wrote it. Lawson, something Lawson. Yeah, Henry Lawson was the poet who originally wrote the words of the song, not the tune. So it was a poem called The Outside Track and the version that you sing is word for word identical to the poem. It's not really been adapted. And he wrote the poem from his own experiences. He was a, what we would call it, Victorian. I mean, you know, whether you want to use that term is like neither here nor there but basically he lived in the Victorian times and he was he lived in Australia he was born in Australia and he worked as a journalist and a writer he was very bereft that his fellow writers and journalists would leave Australia one by one um, to go and work in England and Europe because they felt they they would get more recognition if they worked in those places because they were never going to make it as writers. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? These people couldn't really make a living um, as intellectuals in Australia, and they had to go back to the motherland. Uh, And he's upset about that. He's not happy. Absolutely. Well, it's it's a really sad song, the way um, the narrator just describes this kind of close-knit group of friends, one by one, leaving him. Um, And it ends, you know, one of the final lines is, I turn to drink to the barroom wall. Just that, that's just one of the saddest things you could write. I, I was going to mention that line myself. It's such a good one. I really like that line, actually. That I raise a glass, raise a glass to the bar and wall, I think it is. See, I, I think that's actually funny. I, can, I think that's, I interpret that as quite a, an amusing line. Um, just, I think it's just because I picture it in my head of someone actually doing that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very, I think it's a very good image, that one. It's, I mm. also really love the line, um, they marry well the chorus is brilliant basically it's a fantastic chorus where they go they marry and go they marry and vanish and die for they marry and go as the world rolls back they marry and vanish and die i just think it's brilliant it's like it sums up you know it's not just about his friends leaving him in australia it just basically sums up the human experience of having friends, right? Yeah, it's incredibly universal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's the fact that, you know, life's made of these kind of meetings and partings. Accidentally quoted Kermit, Kermit the Frog there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, intellectual and highbrow as usual here on the Folk Connection. Um, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a really, I don't know, I think it's a really well-expressed sentiment because that is how, often how it feels to have, to have friends you know that the best times have gone and that everything from this point on won't be quite as good oh yeah um now that's that's the line that i think is it's the sad one it's not the cheers to the bathroom bar and wall i keep saying bathroom cheers to the bathroom uh, <laughs> i do it every morning letty <laughs> um, the, um, the sad the saddest one is i I think it's so beautiful, though. I said goodbye to the last of them, the last of the careless men. I think that is such a great, like, Mm. that's so well expressed because that's exactly how it feels sometimes. It's like, 
I guess he's kind of combining losing your friends with losing youth and enjoyment and frivolity and people like you know it's like people bit steady like settling down and getting a proper job or starting a family it's like oh you left me mm. behind you know like i wanted to keep on having fun do you think lawson is the person that hosts uh like an ill-fated pub crawl in their hometown with their friends come, come back from uni <laughs> the swan's still a good time like it's, I know it's not as good as like london or whatever but it's good it's a good pub no guys honestly they have a dartboard there now and everything do you not remember that one year when pudsy like you know that's <laughs> it's that time <laughs> i mean henry lawson definitely <laughs> although like i i i think his song is his song his, his poem is amazing i do i do genuinely think it's really cool um I think he does sound like a bit of a dick. He sounds like a bit of an asshole, you know. And I think it's a bit like Henry. Why don't you grow up and maybe like, if you're so bummed out about everyone else um, leaving, maybe you should find something to do with your life, huh, Henry? This song was basically a poem by Henry Lawson that then got put to a tune by a man called Jerry Hallam in 1984. So technically, Charlie, your song is from the 1980s. So you might as well have done a cover of Phil Collins in the air tonight. Tainted right. love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's interesting though, because people often cover Henry Lawson songs and turn them into folk songs. I guess they just kind of lend themselves to that. They're, they have like choruses, basically. It's a, it's a really unique skill to be able to take someone else's words and fit them to a tune that kind of expresses what they're trying to say. I don't, I'd find that very hard, I think. Yeah, you're so right. It's, I mean, these guys are talented motherfuckers, all I can say. I mean, hand clap to Jerry. Well done, Jerry. It's, it's really nice. It sounds like it, he sounds like it was all written as one thing. The tune really expresses the sentiment, I would say. On the album cover, he's got a cricket bat and he's in cricket whites and he's looking very smug. <laughs> it's obviously something he enjoyed. I don't know anything about the man. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, he's very hard to find anything out about. I think Jerry Hallam basically recorded an album of folk music and then, you know, that was that's what he did. But, I mean, he's... I think he's still probably active in the folk community. He actually has something to say about this. He says, It's another Lawson poem which fits conveniently into song, which is true. To me, it captures the sadness and emptiness when parting company from friends, when futures are uncertain. The traveller at least has his adventures before him to soften the parting but those on the quayside have only the loss. What we should talk about is the title, The Outside Track. What does that actually mean? What does it mean to you, Charlie? You've really stumped me there. The Outside Track. I thought it was a shipping metaphor, since I thought they were all sailors. And I thought The Outside Track would be a bit of a boat. <laughs> I love that. So you thought they were standing on a bit of the boat that was called the outside track. I thought that it was it was it was, it was that the mates, you know, that the, the, their spirit would live on in the outside track, a, a physical bit of the boat. You know, they'd always be there with him. Oh, I see why you might have got confused there. I mean, there's no real answer to this, um, but I think like uh, I mean, yeah, there's your spirits live on in the outside track. Some people interpret that as meaning the outside track as being like the spiritual realm you know like the non-physical realm i'll you know i'll see you again on the outside track um but also it could quite easily be a reference to route the ship is taking to the mother country the outside track is the wider world beyond colonial australia 
let's say a little mini goodbye at this point. Let's say a little abiento, see you later, while we hear your musical stylings. Have fun everyone, enjoy. be long ere we gripped your hand and we dragged him ashore for a final drink to the whole wide world seemed grand they marry and go as the world rolls back they marry vanish and die but the spirit shall live on the outside track as long as the years roll by The port light glowed in the morning mist that broke from the waters grey And over the railing we grasped his fist as the dark tide came between We cheered the captain and we cheered the crew Our mate time's out of mind the land he was going to The land he'd left behind We roared Lang Syne as a last farewell But my heart seemed out of joint I well remember the hush that fell When the steamer passed the point We drifted home through the public bars We were ten times less by one Who had sailed out under the morning stars And under the rising sun For they marry and go as the world rolls back They marry, vanish and die but their spirit shall live on the outside track As long as the years roll by One by one and two by two They've sailed from the wharf since then I've said goodbye to the last I knew The last of the careless men I can't but think that the times we've had were the best times after all. So I turn aside with a lonely glass and drink to the barroom wall. For they marry and go as the world rolls back. They marry, vanish and die. But their spirit shall live on the outside track. 
long as the years roll by But I'll try my luck for a check out back Then I'll ask goodbye to the bush For my heart's away on the outside track On the track of the steerage bush So Letty, what what song did you pick about goodbyes? Oh, I was supposed to pick a song. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> it's going to be a short one this week. So, so you originally when you sent me the song, you said, and now I see where this has come from. You were like the theme could be um, Australia or sailing, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't pick sailing. Um, and I was going to do Australia because I know a really lovely folk song um, from Australia. But when I started looking into the history of my song that I was already practising, it turns out it was a bloody Henry Lawson poem put to bloody music. Anyway, so I thought, I had to push that out of the window. I thought maybe I could do a song about friendship. I don't have any songs about friendship. And then I thought, aha, goodbye. Goodbye is an easy topic. And so I have decided on a very, very well-known folk song, yet again from me, the parting glass. I'm going to embarrass myself here, Letty. I didn't know the parting glass before you sent it to me. Charlie, I don't know what you're doing knowing songs like the outside track when you don't know the parting glass. It's like you've skipped a level. I don't know the canon. You don't. You haven't done the groundwork like me. I'm like a little... little I'm, like, I'm like a ground worker here. I'm like, I do the actual solid foundations of this podcast and all you do is add decoration on the top but how pretty that decoration is yeah well it's very true actually i do love your decoration it's a really common folk song and it is traditionally sung at the end of a gathering but to be honest it's not anymore really sung at the end of gatherings it's more sung at the end of for folk music sessions which is where i first heard it at a um folk session in oxford and we we're sort of getting to the end and someone said oh let's have the parting glass our final song and everyone kind of groaned and was like oh fine but then got really into it and it was one of those songs where I felt like I'd heard it before the first time I'd heard it. I don't know if you felt that way when you listened to me singing it. It had a very kind of familiar feel. It, um, mm. Is it a bit like Old Lang Syne where it's a kind of classic you bring out at the end and it's kind of tradition to do it? Funny you should say that, Charlie, because the story goes that The Parting Glass was that song before it was superseded by Old Lang Syne. So basically this is the Old oh, Lang Syne. Wow. Yeah. It's the original Old Lang Syne, but then old Robbie Burns came along and that took over and people stopped singing the parting glass at the end of gatherings. I mean, you knocked off the pedestal by one of, you know, such a good song. No, I think old the Lang parting Syne. glass is better. I think it's better. It's not quite as rousing, mm. maybe. <laughs> mm. um, that's actually interesting, though, because in your song, I've got to mention this, they actually talk about singing Old Lang Syne, don't they? Yeah, sang Lang Syne as a last farewell. Yeah, so exactly. 
even by the 1800s and 19th century, people were already singing Old Lang Syne instead of The Parting Glass. The song has been covered by everyone, including the Dubliners, the Pogues, was made famous by the Clancy Brothers. Um, is it, I said it Clancy Brothers, the Clancy Brothers. I'm probably showing my southern accent there a bit. Um, and of course, it's been covered by Rudy I'm going to put in a guess. Is it Bob Dylan? Yes, he's covered it. Yeah, funny enough, he has covered it. Oh, okay. He, interesting, because yeah. yeah. you know, not often he's done a popular folk song. No. Um, you know, he, really... he kind of sticks to his own music usually. <laughs> <laughs> um i actually like i went i went onto this um website not just another tune.com where they did a really in-depth um study of where the parting glass comes from but they actually took time out of this to <laughs> say that bob dylan's cover of the parting glass is bad <laughs> they, they like wrote <laughs> It's surely not among his best songs, and only two live performances are known. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but the song has also been covered by Hosier, a uh, famous sexy oh. Irish singer-songwriter Hosier, and Ed Sheeran. So, we honestly, we're verging onto the territory of popular music here with The Parting Glass. It's honestly quite embarrassing. I had never heard this if Ed Sheeran knows it. Or is it embarrassing that I'm choosing it for what's supposed to be a folk music podcast? I don't know. Anyway, next I'll be doing Taylor Swift's, I don't know, Evermore album. <laughs> Let me ask you, Letty, what's the story of the song? Ah, uh, well, contrasts to yours because yours is um, said by the person who's being left and this song is from a perspective of the person leaving. And he's not doing an Irish goodbye in any sense of the word, except for he is literally doing an Irish goodbye by singing an Irish song as he says goodbye. But let's not get too meta about it. He is taking a long time over saying goodbye. And um, <laughs> Irish Music Daily says, and I quote, This is a popular man who is welcome wherever he goes. All the friends he has ever had are sorry when he leaves them. His many sweethearts always wished he could stay at least another day. And that is the vibe of this guy. He's basically like, yeah, look, I've made mistakes. I put my hands up, but you all love me and I love you. And I'm not sorry for anything. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's great. It's unapologetic, shameless. This guy's fantastic at a party. He is. And he tells everyone. He says, I know you've all enjoyed having me here. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, it's a great song. It's of of all the it's what is it of all the money that air I've had, I've spent it in good company. So he said I've lost money, but I've lost it all having a good time. Um, of all the stupid things he's said, um, you know he can't remember them now. Um, it's great. It's I love. It's like the opposite of anxiety. This guy's like I don't I don't care what I said or did. It's all it's all in the name of a good time. A life well lived is one not remembered. Of all the money that hell I had I spent it in good company And of all the harm Now what, what would you say the parting glass actually is, Charlie? What's a parting glass? Hmm. You love asking me about what the metaphors in the songs mean. Yeah, I do, because what do you think? <laughs> it's my area of expertise. I think, hmm, the parting glass, is it to do with the, the glass on a door when you leave? I like that idea. But how would you fill that? 
the lyric is come fill to me the parting glass oh it's it's the final drink yeah it's the final drink it's your shot before you go it's also known as the stirrup cups and sometimes it's back when you were allowed to drink drive because you were riding a horse not driving it's the idea that you have a little drink before you go on the road it's like i guess it's like a beer jacket because it would have been cold to leave a party mm. um so it says fill up my le-. it's basically saying fill my parting cup and let's drink health and off i go into the night i think it's quite a cool idea if he was doing it right, he'd be passed out and he wouldn't be able to have his parting glass. Well, that's the best parting glass of them all, isn't it? When, you, when you're when you sprawled on a bed um, at the end of a party. <laughs> Covered in your own yeah. vomit. I mean, the idea that anyone could stop at the end of a party you could just sing a full song, you know, from memory. You def- If this was a real life situation, if we, were in a, if we were in a real survival situation here, almost guarantee that that man would forget half the lyrics to this song as he was singing it <laughs> but yeah so the, the idea basically is that i mean there's there's very little to say really on the story for this one it's basically a man saying all the stuff he's done and saying goodbye to his friends and it's nice interestingly this is a song that's often sung at funerals which should not be surprising because it is a goodbye song but in a sense is surprising because it's like, when I, I would think of this as a sort of rousing, drinking kind of song, like, yeah, at the end of a party, and I guess maybe people who are a bit party animals or had a good time in their life would want it as a funeral song. But I think because it's a funeral song, uh, covers of it tend to be quite um, slow and mournful and beautiful. And they are, they like, there are some really lovely covers. Like, uh, Cara Dillon's cover is the one that I listen to on Spotify, and it's like really nice but also really really slow and um when I was doing my version I wanted to make it a bit quicker and sort of bring back a bit of that sort of spirit of it's the final song you sing um but actually that's quite difficult because it is actually quite a slow song it just is by the nature of it I suppose you know if you've got multiple people singing in a big chorus you can do a slow song but have it sound very uh rousing Oh, that's a good point. I guess that's what I'm lacking, is my backing singers, as usual. <laughs> my entourage. The party go- I need my revellers. What song would you have playing at your funeral, Charlie? Oh, very, very good question. Um, Voulez-vous by ABBA. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, does your mother know that you're out by ABBA? <laughs> <laughs> Both good picks. Maybe an album medley. <laughs> We're like, well, that changes good, halfway through while everyone's crying. <laughs> Does your mother know that you're out? It's chickatita, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> Summer night city. From money, money, money to money. People just can't keep up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, so... An impromptu dance party It'll be breaks good, out. It? I'd, yeah. It'd be no, a good I, funeral. I, um, I think a lot about my own funeral, as all narcissists do, and I think that I would really like my funeral to be one of those ones where people are really sad. You know, like, I wouldn't want one where it's like, oh, wear bright mm. colours and, you know, celebrate the, you know, the joy of life rather than death. Like, I want everyone wearing black <laughs> and, like, crying loads and being really really sad now you've said that i'm gonna do the opposite letty <laughs> if god forbid you die before me god forbid 
I'm, go- I'm gonna make it a huge party <laughs> you're gonna bring along the ease and ways and say <laughs> it's what she would have wanted it's what she would what she told me herself <laughs> Um, nah, no, you do what you want. Obviously, uh, once I'm dead, I have no control. I just, I'm just letting it be known. Do you ever think about your own funeral, Charlie? No, but I do love those stories of people who try to fake their, they fake their own death and they have a funeral with all their friends. And it's <laughs> inevitably goes horribly wrong <laughs> because they come out <laughs> again and then no one's friends with them anymore because of the emotional <laughs> turmoil they've put them through. <laughs> Anyway, a long tangent there about funerals, but basically, this is a bye-bye song, um, which is very, very old. Do you want to hear something about the origins of it, Charlie? Yes, please. How old are we talking exactly? Bloody... We are... We're talking... I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets here on the... Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. C- can we play guess the, guess the Age? Guess the age of the song, yeah. So, okay, let's go. Is it going to be older or younger than the song that you picked? Younger. It's, it's pre-80s, pre-80s. You, you mean older then? Older. Oh, it's older. It's older. That's how, old, that's how time works. It is older than the 80s. Go on. How, when do you think it came out? It came out when do you think it was really... When do you think it hit the charts? <laughs> I think it dropped in... Older than old Lang Syne. I think I'm going to hit you with a... 1712. 1712. Are you is that your final answer? 1712. Mm. That's my final answer. Okay. Um definitely it's older than that. Um I I reckon it Ooh. the first records of it come from the 17th century. So that's the 1600s. Um which is very old. So we're talking we're talking Tudor times here and that's only the first you know, a century before that. Second question for you. I love, um, it's like a lesson today, isn't it, on the podcast? Where, <laughs> where do you think the song, what country do you think the song is from? Uh, with all Celtic songs, it's always highly contested, isn't it, between Ireland and Scotland? Oh, he knows his stuff. He's not just a pretty I face. do know my stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Scotland. So yeah, it is. You're right. It is contested, but I think also fairly, you know, unanimously attributed to originally being a Scottish song. But um, when we say a Scottish song, this the versions of it. If you went back to that version from the 17th century, it's almost completely dissimilar to the one that I sing or that Ed Sheeran sings. You know, it's very, very um, different. Um, it is the Skeen Manuscript, I hope that's how you say it, Skeen Manuscript, uh, is where it's found at that time. The only common thread is that final line, good night and joy be with you all. Uh, Walter Scott has a, published it as a part of his sort of um, Scottish border odes, songs, uh, and he said that it is part of a farewell letter by a man called Armstrong who was a reaver which is like an outlaw on the English and Scottish border and he wrote the song when he was about to be executed which is an interesting story um but my friend on notjustanothertune.com says that's almost certainly a lie so <laughs> source needed um it's a good story though 
He says, as far as I know, Scott was the first one to come up with this apocryphal story that has been parroted and embellished endlessly since then, um, which <laughs> I think is great. I love, like, honestly, you know when you see people do, like, YouTube deep dives onto, like, yes. I don't know. I saw one recently onto, like, on the relationships of Taylor Swift, for example, and people will be like, like, the amount of research gone into this, this is insane, like, yeah, they've got all the facts. I'm sorry, but, like, compared to, like, what I'm seeing on these online folk community forums, the research is, it's just in another level. On it, anyway. It, it must take up a huge amount of time. Well, let you can attribute to that with your research. Well, now I don't want to be one of these people who is uh, parroting and endlessly embellishing this story that it was from this raider. <laughs> it's just, it's misinformation. Um, anyway, so, um, basically, um, most of the words for the parting glass are written in Scotland, but the tune that I am going to sing is uh, a Irish tune. So that's the crossover, basically. Um, the words and the song, they've both, probably they both had uh, attributes from each, but the earliest version recorded of the actual tune as it is now, it's actually from 1939, so fairly recent. Um, and apparently completely different to the one that was sung for hundreds of years before that. So just goes to show, folk music do be changing. A song from 1939 and a song from 1982. What is this? This isn't a folk podcast. It's a farce is what it is. It's a ridiculous <laughs> farce. <laughs> this is a farce. Farcical. It's a good word. <laughs> it's a good word to say. It's fun. It's a farce. <laughs> um, yeah, um, now... Let's move on to talking about something else that I want to talk about. <laughs> you could change the name of the podcast to that, couldn't you? <laughs> so mean. And my next point is <laughs> with Charlie and Letty. I chose to do the Ed Sheeran version of the song for my cover. Mm. That's right. I not only chose an incredibly well-known song, I also chose to cover... Ed Sheeran's cover of the song. Controversial? Maybe. The sort of theme of our podcast is bringing traditional folk music up to to, to the to the present day and, and providing a kind of accessible look at it. I thought it wasn't good when we explained what was going on. I thought we weren't allowed to do that. Earlier when I was like, oh, I've made the title <laughs> funny. That wasn't allowed. So how come you're telling everyone what the point of the podcast is? This is my third glass of red wine that I'm on now, by the way. <laughs> Side note, editor's note. <laughs> Letty had downed several glasses in the meantime. When I say it, it's obvious. And it's, you know... It's... When he says it, it's funny and it's informative. It's just, it's not fair. If he says it, he's the boss. If I say it, I'm bossy. How's that fair? <laughs> <laughs> back to back to what I was saying about Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran doesn't use the F chord, and I didn't want to use the F chord either. So me and Ed Sheeran, neither of us can play the F chord. Is it, do you think Ed Sheeran can't play an F? Uh, why else would he surely, use it? In this surely song? Ed Sheeran can play an F. All the other versions have F in them, Charlie. <laughs> I like that theory. He, I mean, he just hasn't got round to correlation it. Correlation is not causation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But is he the most highly paid and most listened to acoustic guitarist possibly of all time? Yes. Has he bothered to learn one of the eight chords? No. <laughs> it's more than eight chords. Look, Charlie, I can't play the F chord. Yes. And I still produce great music. Yeah, you don't need Ed it. Ed Sheeran produces a lot of great music. Maybe he doesn't know it either. F it, and that's okay. It's an incredibly overrated chord I, anyway. Off. Yeah. Ed Sheeran himself, why has he done a cover of The Parting Glass, you may ask? Well, he's from Ireland and he loves Ireland. And Ireland.com has a list of seven reasons why Ed Sheeran loves Ireland. Subtitle, Ed Sheeran loves Ireland and we love him too. Here are seven reasons why the feeling is mutual. I think a lot of Irish people would contest that. Hey, we love him too. His grandmother, Nancy, was born in County Wexford. That's one reason. Do you have any Irish roots, Charlie? I've got Welsh roots um, and Cornish roots, but not Irish roots, I don't think. You've got quite a lot of Celtic heritage then, if you've got Welsh and Cornish in you, haven't you? Yeah, I know. I'm 75% Celtic. All right, all right. A bit, bit Brexity, but... <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's the route you want to go down. Um, you already have a folk music <laughs> podcast, Charlie. You don't need to be any whiter. It's interesting that both our songs are about partings, but they're they're kind of joyful goodbyes. Both of well, to 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 different extents. What? But no, Is yours? not really. But it has a joyful element to it, or at least a sense of finality to it. Whereas in real life. When you say when you say goodbye to friends, it's always incredibly messy, um, which is why I think goodbye songs ring. You know that's why we like them so much because it's a kind of clean ending to a friendship where it's never that easy in real life. I guess it it's um, it owes a lot to uh, modern communication, right? Because now we could send a message to someone saying. Hi, I really didn't like what you said to me the other day when I was getting on the ship um, from Australia. <laughs> I really annoyed me uh, when you said, I'm going to cheers to the bathroom wall. I thought that was really aggressive <laughs> of you. Also, when they get to England, you could just you could just FaceTime them and be like, you're right, you know, I'm just hanging out where we always used to hang out, you know, miss you or whatever. <laughs> cheers to the laptop screen, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I think, well, I guess, yeah, I think goodbyes just were more final back in the day, which is my favourite thing to say, back in the day, as if that's an actual time period. Well, in like, uh, moving across the country would have been, you would never see someone again, even just moving, you know, halfway across the country, yeah. whereas moving abroad would just be final. I like the idea, though, that you've tried, you've had messy goodbyes with people, Charlie. I like to be quite formal with it. I usually send people a letter if I feel that I'm finished with them. I'd Letty, I'd love that. If, if if I've had, you know, I've been I've been ignored by friends before, where you, you have no idea, you know, if you if you ever talk to them again or why That's they're hell. suddenly ignoring you. I've had that. I've had where things just kind of gradually fizzle out. I've never had a final goodbye, and I'd love one. I can provide that, Charlie. If you, if it's, if it's worth it for you, we can stop being friends, and I'll send you a letter explaining why I don't want to be your friend, <laughs> <laughs> just this so you can experience that episode. closure. <laughs> yeah, I think it 
it's a nice idea, isn't it, that a goodbye can be, can, well, I mean, I suppose that's maybe why, I mean, not to get too deep with it, but I suppose it is, it is late night podcast. I think that's why I fantasise about my um, funeral sometimes, is I like Mm. the idea of, like, finally being, like, being able to finally encompass my relationships with people into one like a summary of it being able to say like you know I think about the letter I would write to people if I like, knew I was dying or something or what I would say to people I like the idea of being able to like say this is what you meant to me and this is you know this is how important you are and this is but mm. you don't ever do that in life you just go through life talking to your friends and laughing and enjoying their company yeah. and you never stop to say hi they don't take, grab them by the shoulders and go I love you I love you so much you just, you're so important to me and I, actually, I think, too far, I do do that kind of thing quite a lot. But it's because it really matters to me that people know that. But I think, in general, the idea the why people maybe resonate with goodbyes and funerals is because it gives them an opportunity to express emotions that they don't usually yeah, and it's, yeah, it, express. It's a final ending. You know, there's so, there's so few of those in life. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're really desperate for some kind of final ending, um, Charlie. Oh god, this is my suicide note. I actually it's really interesting that you you mentioned this because I imagine if your suicide note was episode 3 of the folk connection. But anyway, I when I was looking at <laughs> <laughs> I'd feel really bad for the police investigators. <laughs> Got to sit through all this drivel. <laughs> I mean to listen to this shit. It's interesting that you should say um that all this stuff about good like liking the idea of a final goodbye because and we maybe we'll leave it on this for the for the old episode because i was looking up the idea of the stirrup cup or the parting glass which is this final drink you have and i was trying to look up other references to it in literature to see if it really existed and there's this poem called in my dreams by stevie smith who's a famous uh english poetess and um it's all about this idea of um wanting to sort of be go and then not be known anymore and say goodbye. Should, should I read it to you, Charlie? As a Please little do. This would be lovely. Final thing. It's very short. It goes, In my dreams, I am always saying goodbye and rising away. Whither and why, I know not, nor do I care. And the parting is sweet and the parting over is sweeter. And sweetest of all is the night and the rushing air. In my dreams, they are always waving their hands and saying goodbye. And they give me the stirrup cup, and I smile as I drink. I am glad the journey is set. I am glad I am going. I am glad, I am glad, that my friends don't know what I think. Of all the money that e'er I had, I have spent it in good company. And all the harm that e'er I've done, alas, it was to none but me. And all I've done for want of wit to memory now I can't recall. So fill to me the parting glass. Good night and joy be with you all. So fill to me the parting glass and drink a health before and gently rise